Hello and welcome to Dusty VCR, the podcast where we rewatch old movies from our childhood and decide whether they still hold up. I'm your host, Michael Lynch, and I'm joined by my co-host and sister, Rachel Lynch. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. I'm still uh, floating from my first party of the year. Oh, yeah. I had my first... I attended that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember you. That yeah. Wait, that was you? That was me. <laughs> I was thinking you looked so familiar. Yeah. I was like, who's that person who kind of looks like me? <laughs> it was you. That makes all, all yeah. the sense in the world. That was great. I always enjoy having parties at, at my house. It's my greatest joy ever. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Here yeah. we are. I don't have anything funny to okay. say about it. <laughs> And, and Zena, you were also at this party. How yeah, are you doing? Um, yeah, I think yeah. I, I did see you guys there. Do you have funny things to say about the party or other things in life? Oh, I have tons of funny things. I just okay. I just can't say them on the air. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Save that for off mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't want to be funny on the podcast. That's <laughs> our listeners come here for uh, a serious consideration of these films. And uh, because this is Father's Day and it's a special Father's Day edition of Dusty VCR, we are joined by Bob Lynch, our dad. Hi there. Welcome. Thank you. How has your day been going so far? Pretty quiet. Yeah. Like I said, I did go to Walmart, though, and get that prescription filled. So. And you just got back from Maine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. With your mother. Yeah. We spent three days up there. Had absolutely marvelous weather and uh, enjoyed our time up there. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I was also at this this famous party, and I received a job offer there. I heard Ooh. that. That was a good job offer. Yeah, it was your friend. I didn't really know uh, actually what Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah. Yeah, so somebody asked me, uh, I think Chris asked me what I majored in in college, and I said computer science. And Jonathan just overheard, and he was like, oh. And he like asked me if I had any experience in network security. And I said, yeah. And then he was like, oh, you should come work for this company. And then like he was kind of telling me about the company. But he's talking for a while, and like I didn't really say anything. And he's like, and I just, I can tell you're like a really smart guy. I think that's the part that I came into. Right. I was like, I haven't said anything. <laughs> I didn't understand. <laughs> like he, he kept saying, he was like, oh, you just like, you seem like you really know what you're talking about. And I was like, I don't think I've said anything. <laughs> and that was the time when he asked you what you like to do with Python. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris <laughs> quietly goes, feed it mice. <laughs> oh, that was supposed to be in my head. That was supposed to be in my head. That was supposed to be in my head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but have you guys had that experience where somebody's like very impressed with you for some, like not even that the thing you did is not impressive, but they like haven't really seen you do the thing that you are good at? Like, I think I am smart and a good programmer, but like, I don't know what he would be basing that on. Well, we talk about you all the time, uh, Michael. That's fair. <laughs> You know, we just say, uh, you know, Michael, my very uh, smart and computer programmy brother. Yeah. And, yeah. It's very programmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't answer you. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, we totally didn't. <laughs> started talking about how smart you are. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had that experience. I feel like I've had that a little bit at my job currently, where maybe I'll, I'll meet with somebody for a few minutes and they'll say that they feel like I'm very good at my job. But uh-huh. that I guess it's a little different because like basically my whole job is just to be like a present human being. Uh, you don't yeah. really like, need to know, you know, obviously there's skills involved, but it's not always going to be apparent right. in deciding whether or not you're, you're like a good clinician, right. you know? 
Well, right. I think, yeah, because your job is so based around interpersonal skills, people right. can kind of ascertain that, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, I don't know how quickly someone could figure out how smart you are, Michael. Like, yeah, I don't... 30 I don't, seconds, three sure. minutes, like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't get it. I could tell as soon as I met Zena that she would be a, a great at, at construction. I thought she was going to be a good programmer. <laughs> and for all that we know, she is. She just hasn't shown anybody. I, I saw those muscles and I said, oh, those are some construction and programming muscles. <laughs> well, we worked out at the party last night that Zena... We did work out at the party, yeah. <laughs> we worked out. That's why Zena's so jacked. I did 50 push-ups. How many did you do? <laughs> Five. But we worked out that Zena has worked with two out of the four lynches and is on her way to work with a third so mm-hmm. i do look forward to to hiring and being the fourth and yeah you might your programming be skills <laughs> that's right that's right yeah you might be my fourth the white whale fourth and <laughs> final lynch boss <laughs> well if you take into account this podcast she's she also works worked, for me worked no not oh, for with, but with. with you yeah yeah the, the job I mean, of this podcast we we've already made five dollars <laughs> yeah doing this podcast yeah uh oh yeah each five dollars each yeah. shout out to julie yeah. our sponsor that's a, that's a freebie julie, julie roston julie roston real estate buy a house today yeah <laughs> i'm buying one later oh nice mm-hmm. just right after this recording yeah, yeah i'm gonna yeah. go buy your neighbor's house uh-huh. <laughs> all right and so today we are discussing the 1992 movie my cousin Vinny, starring joe pesci and marissa tomei let's start with dad like dad what did you remember about this movie well this is probably about the fifth time i've seen the movie so mm. Uh, I remembered quite a bit. I also was a little surprised that there were some things that I'd forgotten. Mm. But, of course, it wasn't really a movie I'd seen in my youth. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, your u- in your youth. My youth. <laughs> <laughs> and, Zena, how about you? Had you seen this before? Uh, no, I haven't seen it before. I've maybe heard about it, but maybe just from you guys. Um, but I knew it was going to be like a New York lawyer my cousin Vinny dude and that, yeah. that's about all I didn't know yeah. Joe Pesci I didn't know anything else about it and did you did you watch the trailer before or did you go straight in we did watch the trailer oh, Rachel yeah. and I watched it together uh, we well, saw the trailer what were your expectations from the trailer New York accents yeah there's a lot of that <laughs> um, I thought it was gonna be good yeah it was gonna be funny yeah and Rachel what about you I didn't have a ton of memories about this movie although I think I have probably watched it in the past 10 years, although maybe not not fully. But the the big thing that I remembered from it was, are you sure? <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> yeah, Marissa Tomei has a lot of great quotable lines in this. Yeah. And then I also remembered that it had something to do with the tuna, and I didn't know mm. exactly what. I, I forgot that it was a whole miscommunication saga yeah. which is Our which mom's is favorite. mom's favorite yeah. mom loves miscommunication sagas yeah. that's her favorite thing ever yeah so i i've remembered that there was a miscommunication joke but i forgot that there was a second one right after that i didn't get as a kid i mean the whole movie is a miscommunication joke i mean the no. premise of the story is a miscommunication so there's a mis- yeah like so let's get into it they accidentally steal a can of tuna and then they get arrested in alabama they're on well first of all i like you haven't said who who it was who them was yet oh the the two 
the two, Utes. two Utes, yeah. Two, <laughs> two Utes. Uh, There's two Utes. The two uh, what's his name? College. Ralph Macchio and the guy from Friends. Friends? Yeah, oh. he's, he's Barry from Friends. He's Barry. Rachel's ex-fiance. Yeah. That's right. all I know him from. But yeah. there he plays are a lot trip. of annoying characters, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So they accidentally steal a can of tuna and then they get arrested while they're driving through Alabama. And they think that they got arrested for accidentally stealing a can of tuna, but there's this miscommunication where somebody actually shot the clerk in the store after they accidentally stole the tuna. And they they think they're being arrested for the can of tuna, but they're actually being arrested for murder. Right. But then there's miscommunication right after that because they think that they're going to get raped in jail. And One then, of them does, yeah. Yeah, and then Vinny shows up and he's like using all this language that could be interpreted either way. But I definitely didn't understand that as a kid. Like I didn't understand the joke there. I was just uh-huh. like... Yeah, why is he so scared of his lawyer? <laughs> I don't think I understood any of this movie as a kid. Oh, no? No. I don't think... I, I remember this being a movie that you guys all loved, and uh-huh. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I like that, uh, you know, that one part where when the sheriff is questioning him, and he said, you shot the clerk. And he goes, I shot the clerk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they record that and say, okay, he's made a confession. Right. <laughs> I mean, I thought the movie starts out so strong. Like, Vinny and... Wait, do we do the reveal? Oh, yeah, we forgot to do our reveal. Yeah. What did we all think? I thought it definitely held up. I loved it. Yeah. I whooped it up at the end. You whooped it up. (laughs) And Zina, how about you? Yeah, I thought it was a good one. And Dad? Well, it it has always been one of my favorite movies. I guess by the time I watched this just recently, I'd seen it maybe too many times. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, still, it was it's still a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. As soon as you see Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci, I love that when they show up in town and... She's got her little camera. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I wonder if they have good Chinese food. <laughs> and then the, the guy comes up to him and says, oh, you probably got mud in your tires. <laughs> like, mud in the tires? <laughs> you ever heard of mud in the tires? <laughs> I also loved the way Marissa Tomei's hair and both of their clothing. Oh, yeah. The costumes are all amazing. Yeah. I love when Marissa Tomei and Joe Pesci are at the cabin and she's like pacing around in oh, her yeah, like skin tight <laughs> yeah. backless floral jumpsuit. Right. <laughs> love that. <laughs> With high heels. Right. <laughs> So when Vinny first gets to the jail, he gives the the oh yeah what what's like warden the ward nah like the the jailer the jail guy the <laughs> the jail staffer the jail maid <laughs> he gives him a little money right and I was wondering is he bribing him or did he think he was supposed to tip him oh he thought he was supposed to tip him <laughs> typical New Yorker you know? yeah. <laughs> You want something done, you got a tip. Yeah. That was great. I, I also liked um, his nickname. Did you catch that one? Vinny Bag of Donuts? Vinny Bag of Donuts! <laughs> <laughs> that never comes up again in the movie. No. Just that one time. Right. <laughs> like, what is that supposed to yeah. be? He always has a bag of donuts? Yeah. I'm going to start calling you guys that. Hey, Bobby Bag of Donuts! <laughs> <laughs> So he gets invited to go hunting with the prosecutor and he's telling Marissa Tomei that he's going to go hunting and she's <gasps> shocked. Oh my God. And 
she's like what are you gonna hunt he's like i don't know he had some bears on his wall a deer and she's like you're gonna shoot a deer (laughs) and then do you remember the speech she i love that that that... was my favorite part of probably the whole movie yeah yeah, that's that's always been the the highlight of the movie for me. Every time yeah. I saw it, yeah, like <laughs> a bullet rips through your fucking brain. <laughs> no, I ask you, do you care what kind of pants the motherfucker who shot you was wearing? <laughs> it just like the, all all of her words, like acts and what was the? She says something. Oh, um, when she's talking about the the scene you were talking about, where she's stomping on the floor and she's like, I ain't never getting married. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of the things I had forgotten, you know, something I, I liked about the movie since, you know, I grew up being a car guy. And, you know, when they were talking, like the DA was trying to ascertain whether Marisa Tomei really had any expert qualifications. Oh, yeah. And he said, you know, what, what's, what do you set the timing for a 1955 Chevy with a 327 V8? Uh-huh. And I kind of forgotten that, but you know, I'm saying, oh, that's that's wrong. There was uh-huh. no 327 or 55. <laughs> and then, but she picks up right away. Yeah, that's a trick question. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was watching that. And besides Dad, does anybody know what engine timing means? No, no, absolutely not. Dad, do you know what it means? Yeah. What is it? It's the position where you set the distributor. So. Uh, determines lost already. when when on, <laughs> it determines when on you know the when the piston goes up and down when it go, goes up oh. for the compression cycle it determines when the the spark plug is going to fire oh i've heard of spark plugs before yeah <laughs> i've heard of fire <laughs> but then i think I, I i didn't rewind but i'm pretty sure actually that marissa tomei screwed up her line because when she finally explained why it was a trick question, said that 55 Chevy has a 264-inch engine. And that's not true. It's 265. Oh. Mm-hmm. You should, you should be there. a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we should put the, the movie on track. <laughs> so one of the things I felt like while I was watching it is that the court scene seemed implausible. But then I read online that Lawyers think this is actually like a one of the most accurate courtroom movies, hmm. and they they use it to teach certain things in law school. Uh, so they use it to teach like discrediting witnesses. Those stoners at Harvard just watching <laughs> my cousin Vinny. <laughs> or Yale, they're, I they're guess, like, you see v- Vinny bag of donuts in this. <laughs> Use the v- Vinny bag of donuts method of witness questioning. Um, I- Oh, go ahead. I have something from from earlier on, oh, yeah. when, from when he when he's talking to the judge about his experience and everything, and he talks about how he uh, he's like, you know, the son of Sam, you know that guy, yeah, uh, yeah. I I helped the guy, uh, who the first they, guy, they the caught. first guy they <laughs> caught. You know, I helped, the, and then they they caught the real guy. <laughs> but with that, I was thinking of, uh, do you know what I'm gonna say? No, I I was thinking of. When our babysitter said that she couldn't work because she was oh. she had jury duty on the O.J. Simpson trial, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Yeah, <laughs> just as believable. Right. I'm trying to read my notes. I was like eating something and trying to write with my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> what were you eating? Chips and salsa. Okay. 
You couldn't have done the chips and salsa in your left hand? No. <laughs> Got I vertical? I wrote. Identical. Oh, identical. Yes, that's what I was trying to write. Uh, yeah, I should just show you my notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's like... Uh, a Lynch family tradition. Like anytime somebody, anybody ever says identical, definitely mom loved to say identical. <laughs> well, doesn't he do it in the middle? Doesn't he go identical? No, no, I don't think so. Do you guys? Does he do it after identical? <laughs> <laughs> Does he do it the whole way through? Identical. <laughs> no, he, he asked the guy, "How do they they compare to the the tracks found on the, the defendant's car?" He's like, "They're identical." identical <laughs> okay okay so he right. does it between two identicals between two identicals yeah. sandwiches got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. identical yeah. i knew there was some kind of sandwich going on there I didn't yeah know a sandwich. <laughs> and yeah so joe pesci he like wins the case by a lot like it goes from being really against them and then like in the last the judge is like well you better win this case in the next 90 minutes he's like okay then i will and then he's like proves that it was somebody else's car and they get found with that car and uh, they like have the murder weapon and well the other thing that's a little unbelievable is he he gets you know with no prior arrangement he gets the the marshal to go out and, oh, and research yes. yeah you know do his research for him right <laughs> and the only explanation is you get the sheriff is like tell me why and then you don't see the explanation and he's like oh okay then yes <laughs> <laughs> but then they drive off and everybody's happy yeah so, it's a very satisfying story. It is I a very satisfying it. story. I, I liked how quickly Joe Pesci was able to become such a good lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that leads right into the whoops. Do you want to give your whoops? Oh, man. How many whoops did I give for... What did we let, watch Kindergarten Cop. Oh, Kindergarten Cop. What did I give that? I think you gave it a million whoops. <laughs> I give this two million whoops. Two million whoops. <laughs> There's some inflation happening with our whoops. I, that's what I happens. Think, I think multiplicity time. was actually just one whoop. I had I had remembered two. it was two. I think it was two. I think it was actually just one. I think we gave it two. I don't, don't know. I, we'll have to go back to the go back is, to the archives. This is your skin. There was a there was right a short sighted system where it was either whoop or no whoop. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying what was it? Two million whoops. I think two million whoops. I, I had gone back on and given. Multiplicity, two million whoops. I think okay. it's just as whoop worthy as multiplicity. Equally, multiplicity is the uh, gold standard. Gold whoops. standard. Whoops. <laughs> so we'll always readjust. Anytime we want to give more whoops, we we just retroactively exactly. adjust multiplicity. Right. And Zena, what about you? Um, I thought it was great. Got three solid whoops. Three solid whoops. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a, a terrible score. <laughs> <laughs> three is a good number. Three is good. And Dad, as as you know from uh, previous episodes, the, there's not really a whoop system. It's just whatever your heart tells you. <laughs> so it's not out of anything. Well, I, I would have to say that I like the idea of comparing it to multiplicity. Yeah. Multiplicity, because I think I do think that they're kind of equivalent in terms of how much I enjoyed them. Yeah. So you would say about equal to multiplicity? Yeah. Okay. I would say I've been sticking with like a 10 whoop system, I think. So I'd say like eight whoops. I gave it eight whoops. I love Marissa Tomei in this. I love Joe Pesci in it. But yeah, I, I loved it, all of it. Any scenes that we didn't talk about or anything about the movie that we liked? Well, one thing that, that struck me that you guys probably wouldn't wouldn't know about or wouldn't care about is, you know, the... The, the two boys were driving in this, I think it was a 66 Buick Skylark. And that was supposed to be like an old beat up jalopy. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas today, if, if you had a 66 Buick Skylark in the condition it was in, it would be worth like twenty or $30,000. Hmm. That seems pretty low for yeah. a vintage car. Well, it, it wasn't completely refurbished and uh, so forth. But, you know, one that, that just didn't have any rust on it and uh, ran, uh, I'm pretty sure it would be worth twenty or thirty. Oh, like I would, you say twenty or thirty thousand? Like that seems low to me for a vintage. I thought vintage cars were worth a lot more. Well, they can be, but you know, it depends on the model, make and model of the car. Yeah, Buick Skylark was not, you know, until maybe the last ten or fifteen years, wasn't really considered that collectible worthy. Uh huh. And then, and then Joe Pesci's car, the Cadillac, that uh-huh. was great. Yeah. And again, it was supposed to be just whatever he could scrounge together, but today uh-huh. it would be like. People would be chasing you down the street trying to buy it. Uh-huh. Michael, did you used to get classic car lessons from Dad? No. Oh, wait, maybe. I don't know. Did I? Not not like with Rachel. I would sit with her for hours because you wouldn't uh-huh. have put up with it. You would have said, okay, I'm done. Uh-huh. <laughs> we used to sit and look at uh, magazines classic car and hot rod magazines oh. we'd look at them for for long periods of time and dad would test me uh-huh. he'd quiz me what's that one what's that one what's uh-huh. that one and now i don't really remember most of them i just kind of think that everything's a 32 ford or <laughs> a 57 chevy <laughs> i do remember at one point you like you told me about the fins like the distinctive fins on some car but i i don't remember which one well, that would probably be the 57 Chevy. Oh, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the most distinctive fins in the 50s history would be the 59 Cadillac. Oh, okay. That's the, the height of the fin craze uh, in the most extreme. Yeah. What are fins? I don't even know. Like the, the stuff little, on the... The wings back that are like, you know. On the sides there, the little wings that poke out? Um, on the back, that like by on each side of the trunk, there's like the rear little... fenders oh. where the taillights were. Okay, you know, it's it's like a decoration. Yeah, it, it started in the uh, I think '49 or '48 Cadillac. Start put a little a little um, fin mm-hmm. on on the rear fender, and over the years it kept growing and growing until 1959 was the most extreme yet. And that's that's probably one of the most valued older cars, a 59 Cadillac, especially if it's a convertible. That kind of represents the height of the excess of the 50s. Nice. <laughs> Are we ready for the game? Let's do the game. So in honor of Father's Day, we've got a Father's Day game. Dad will play uh, which one of your children. And so we're going to ask you a, a which of your children question, and you have to figure out which of your children it's about. Which of your children, Rachel, Michael, and Zena, yeah. it's about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, which one of your children put knots under their pillow to receive money from the knot fairy? Gee, that, I don't remember that, but if I were to guess, I'd have to guess Rachel. Do you know? I I can only guess because you told me you told me it, so I'm assuming you're not telling me Xena facts. Yeah, that was me. I don't know what happened, but it must have been mom. I was like anxious to get money from the tooth fairy, but like my teeth weren't coming out, and so mom was like, "Oh, well, like there's also the knot fairy. If you put a knot under your pillow, you'll get money." And so like I did it, and then there was like money the next day, and I was like, 
oh my god i'm gonna put so many knots under my pillow <laughs> and then i think mom realized like oh no <laughs> and i forget how she got out of it she like made up some rule where like the knot fairy oh, i think the, the idea was like the knot fairy was going to be mad if i was greedy mm. and so i couldn't put that many knots mm, moral of the story don't be <laughs> don't greedy, be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> all right who wrote a letter to you asking for a dog hmm Again, that sounds like a Rachel thing. I don't remember any letter. Does well, it help if we disclose that you then granted them a dog? <laughs> also, you is, this is, is the trick, parent. This, trick one's confusing. <laughs> this is a trick question because it wasn't really you. <laughs> Wait, is... I, I had another father growing up? <laughs> if we phrase it as like your parent, then I feel like their parent kind of gives... Well, I guess we could just do that. That was Zena. Zena, what was the story there? Um, I did. I wrote a letter to my dad asking him if I could get a pet dog. I really wanted to adopt it. And it was the request was granted. The request was granted. I started writing this letter and then I left it on the floor of the living room uh-huh. um, and ran outside to go play. And um, <laughs> it kind of worked to my advantage because my dad was taking a nap on the couch and he found the letter. Uh-huh. And so it was really sweet. Yeah, later yeah. He, he came up to me and he was like, Zena, I found the letter you left me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I got a dog. Do you remember what you wrote in the letter? Um, so it must have been around fifth grade or so where we were learning a lot about like how to turn your paragraphs into cheeseburgers and like (laughs) right argumentative like uh what would they call them convincing uh persuasive like write persuasive paragraphs and stuff sounds like you did really well yeah so i think i applied my school lessons and probably came up with some really solid reasons like it would make me happy you won't even have to walk it Uh Um, was that true did you end up taking care of it yourself i did take care of it actually me and my dad used to walk the dogs together because we already had a family dog and i wanted a second dog (laughs) but then uh yeah he he ended up walking the dogs a lot (laughs) like both of them without me (laughs) who got grounded for not answering her phone you Oh. Gave away the pronoun. <laughs> yeah. A, I mean, their phone. <laughs> well, just let me see. You, Michael? <laughs> Maybe I got grounded for not answering her phone as in Rachel's phone. <laughs> Stop giving away all the answers, Michael. <laughs> again, again, I don't recall that. What was the story? Uh, so I should have added on a little extra context, which I still don't think would have helped, but I should have said meanwhile was jumping on a trampoline oh i was having a blast i was just having a blast with my friends hanging out jumping on a trampoline i think i was in seventh grade and i had just gotten a cell phone for like the first time ever and mom was like calling me off the hook and i blowing up your phone she's blowing up my phone (laughs) And I didn't know because I was on a trampoline. And yeah. then I came out and I saw it and mom was all upset. Yeah. And she was like, what happened to you? I thought you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got grounded and yeah. I was so outraged. I was so incredibly outraged because mm. I was just like, why didn't you could have just called? You knew where I was. I was oh. at Dan's house, you know, Dan's Dan, hanging out with all my friends 
friends, my middle school friends, and my cool teens. Just call them. I couldn't <laughs> answer the phone. I was on a trampoline. Yeah. I don't think I was even like late coming home or anything. She just couldn't get a hold of me for a little mm. while. Yeah. Bobby bag of donuts. Do you remember this? I don't. And <laughs> I, I would know it would have to be mom because that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like this was like maybe right around the time that like mom had moved to the Pelham apartment, and so I think probably she she had just decided that on her own or something and <laughs> i don't know she probably was like all alone and freaking out and mm. getting all scared and worked up and yeah uh did you guys get cell phones at the same time no i i don't actually, know I don't know. i don't remember when i got my first cell phone i i think had you, it in high school did you guys get cell fo- phones before or after your parents after, after. Oh, okay yeah, yeah dad after. had the, like a very early cell phone he had a giant motorola Oh, yeah, like a big... Uh... It wasn't that big. It wasn't like the 80s cell phone. Uh-huh. Well, it depended on which battery you used. Oh, there yeah. was a battery that would last for like an hour, and that yeah. was huge. <laughs> but I remember like when, we, when you first got it, and you'd like... But calls were super expensive. We could, so we could call somebody and be like, Hi, I'm calling on a cell phone. Okay, bye. But we'd like call people and be like, Guess where I'm calling from? Yeah, in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did you guys ever do the thing where you tell your parents you're going to what your one friend's house and then you go somewhere else way more naughty and then they call your friend's house and catch you <laughs> oh i don't think that happened i just was caught at my dad's apartment <laughs> with my friends oh uh, letting them sleep in my dad's bed <laughs> oh and he was not supposed to be home that night he wasn't supposed to be home that i didn't know how early he was gonna get home he got home early in the morning and i was hung over and very embarrassed <laughs> i had a experience like what you're talking about where of calling and being at the wrong friend's house but being kind of on the other side of it there was a guy in my high school who everybody thought we looked alike and sounded alike. And we thought it'd be Ooh. really funny. Uh, his name was Alex. He was a great, like, we probably would never, have, you would have never have met him. But he was a great ahead of me. And everybody thought, like, we were in the same physics class. And everybody was like, oh, you guys are like twins. You, you sound exactly alike. And we thought it'd be really funny to, to conference call one of his friends and pretend to be him and see if he could tell the difference. And so his friend's uh, name was Anshul. And so we called up Anshul's house. And it was like a conference call with me and Jeet. So like Jeet was listening on the other line because that was like the thing to do in uh, high school is like conference calls where somebody's secretly listening. So we called, called up Anshul and I was like, uh, hi, is Anshul there? And his mom was like, um, no, he's not. Like, can I take him? Like, who's calling? Oh, no, she said, who's calling? And I said, it's Alex. And she's like, he said he was at your house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Oh, right, he is. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, uh, gotta go by. And I was like, oh, what do we do? Like, Didn't really know. Like, I was like, oh, I'm getting this kid in trouble. And then I talked to him the next day, and he was like, yeah, I couldn't figure out why my mom was so mad. And he was like, she called me up, and she was like, where are you really? Alex just called here. <laughs> All right. Who met a stripper in Vegas when they were 12? Mm. Well, that would be you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't remember her as a stripper, but she was a performer. I think she, she was... She was an exhibition. I don't know what else. I what? thought she was like a adult film star. Oh, maybe she was that. 
I'm not sure she was. But, you know, the point was she had enormous boobs. <laughs> that was the point. That was the point. That's the point of the story. <laughs> and uh, so mom suggested, say, can you let us take a picture with the, the boys? <laughs> and uh, That's me and my friend Josh. And, and so Josh, who is uh, a little more uh, gr- girl-friendly, I guess. And so he was just like, yeah. <laughs> And then when when they both stood next to her, she took their heads and she jammed them into oh her boobs. Oh my gosh! And Michael was so embarrassed. Michael's like super red in the picture, oh looking gosh. so embarrassed. It's like in front of my parents. <laughs> and Josh just looks so yeah, happy. Yeah, Josh is super happy. <laughs> But they were like they were. I have to find this picture. They were like basketballs. They were like enormous breasts. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. This is true. Were you there? Uh, it used Rachel? to. We used to hang it on our fridge. Yeah. And and my friends would come over. They'd be like, "That's Photoshop. Come on." Yeah. I was like, "No, that's real. It really happened." I was there. Yeah. I think it was a convention of exhibitionists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was at Caesar's Palace. Well, being from New York, I hope you tipped her well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Who in high school was voted most likely to sleep through an earthquake? Hmm. Voted by classmates? Yeah. Voted by the electorate. <laughs> I don't know. Could it be you? I no, that, was, that one's Zena. That How one could is. you think it was Michael? <laughs> <laughs> he probably slept through all his classes. <laughs> that was my senior superlative. Nice. Yeah. It took me a... Uh, Three years to pass biology. <laughs> uh, Michael, did you ever sleep in class? Yeah. I don't know about high school. I think I I definitely fell asleep in college. Uh-huh. I don't know if I were... I, I never, like, deliberately slept in no, high school. Right. I didn't do it deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, did you? Yeah. I remember having a lot of experiences in high school where I would be sitting there... Like, just trying so hard. Like, my eyes just were feeling so heavy. And I it was, it was like, torturous to try to keep them open. I was just trying, trying, trying. Torture. And then, torture. and then I would just think, like, oh, and just let them close for one split second. And then, <laughs> and then like, I'd be dead, like, co- totally asleep yeah. and, like... Drooling on my shoulder. Or, or <laughs> snoring or something and, like, wake up suddenly and... Uh, it was so it was so hard. Were, were you staying up late? Probably, yeah. What were you doing? Uh, aim talk, chatting? Aim chatting. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind. Probably aim chatting. Yeah, that's probably what I was doing most of the time. Yeah. So I'm a really great sleeper. I can sleep in like a lot of spots. Yeah. And I'm especially good at sleeping sitting up. So <laughs> it makes me a really good sleeper in school yeah. and in airplanes. And very often uh, on yeah. airplanes, I have this experience where I fall asleep <laughs> and then, you know, my head's kind of doing the jerky thing or it goes in a funny direction and my mouth is hanging open. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like sometimes you go into this half sleep where I'm like, I'm like, I have some conscious thoughts. Like I'm aware right. that I'm on a plane sleeping. Uh-huh. 
sitting up with my mouth wide open but like <laughs> but i'm you know i'm 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 asleep at the same time so i have right. no control over it but i'm just i know people are walking down the aisle looking past me and i'm just one of those people with their mouth hanging uh. wide open but i just can't just not yeah. you know yeah <laughs> this is like my favorite my favorite Zena thing <laughs> she's telling me about this one time and she she's like Saying how, you know, because she's kind of like semi-conscious of it, she she's having this like dialogue with herself in her mind where her mouth, uh, a while, <laughs> like, uh, Zena, close your mouth. I can't. I can't. I'm asleep. I can't. I can't close it. <laughs> Zena, close your mouth. You look like an idiot. I can't. <laughs> Thanks for always remembering the punchlines of the jokes, Rachel. <laughs> Did you hear me like cracking up just leading up to the punchline that never came? I, I like kind of forgot midway. Like, why am I saying? Like, I know there's like something funny here, but what is it? <laughs> oh, Rachel's so good at remembering jokes. <laughs> Without you, like, I don't know what our friendship would be. We like just be a big blank hole in my mind. <laughs> You don't know what our friendship would be without I mean, me. I don't know what our so friendship sweet. would be without you. I feel the same about you. <laughs> Who did improv comedy in high school? Well, that would be you. No. Trick, Trick question. question. Rachel. Rachel Lynch. I never did improv comedy in high school. Rachel huh. started really early. But we couldn't work out whether she had performed improv comedy. We knew that she did it. I don't think I did perform because when I was in my first year of college, I tried out for the improv comedy troupe and got in where another one of my friends who's very funny did not. Ooh. And I felt very uh, proud of myself that I got in. Yeah. And then I was like, this is great. So much fun. Improv. Woohoo. And then they were like, so we're going to have our first performance on such and such a date and I quit <laughs> because I was so scared of performing in front uh, of people. Yeah. So I don't, I, I feel like with that in mind, I doubt that I would have performed for anyone in high school. Mm. Yeah. But with, with your improv teammates, you performed. I think, well, well, yeah. I mean, I think I, I took a few acting classes and things like that. And so I, I performed probably just in front of my class. Yeah. So I guess you could count that. Yeah. Which one of your children tried to build a bomb when they were 14? <laughs> well, that would have to be you. Yes. Probably the one that's living in the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, because like me and my friends, we would always try to like build these weird explosives. And the way we would make the like explosives would was taking model rockets and crushing up the engines which was probably like really dangerous because they could have ignited and set a big fire. But I had read online how to make a bomb and it was like, you needed to get these chemicals. And so I got you to take me to some like chemical supply place. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a vague memory of that. Yeah. I was going to, I was trying to figure, cause I felt like if I said, I want to build a bomb, they weren't going to go for it. And so I was like, I'm building a volcano for school. And they were like, what? 
and they were confused and you were like he wants to build a bomb <laughs> and they were like then no oh my god <laughs> but this is also pre 9-11 so i feel like that wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked was it pre columbine yes oh i think it actually oh maybe it must have been maybe i was younger yeah columbine was 99 yes maybe i was a little younger yeah, if if yeah, because I remember the thing we were concerned about was the World Trade Center bombing, which was like in 1990, because mm. that was like the most recent terrorist attack that people were thinking of. So like, oh, we don't want people to think we're like gonna buy a bunch of it and put it in a truck. But yeah, the, the <laughs> they didn't buy the volcanoes. <laughs> Excuse. Do you still make your bombs the same way you did yeah, as a kid? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, that's why I've got 4,000 model rocket engines. <laughs> Who passed out on shrooms in the kitchen during family night? Passed out on what? Shrooms. <laughs> Magic mushrooms. Well, I'm pretty sure it would have to be Xena because I, I can't imagine. I was thinking that was going to be Rachel. But now that I think of it... <laughs> That was around the time I discovered psychedelics. Mm. <laughs> we were having family night at the house, and we were playing this game. I don't know why I thought it was a great idea to take some shrooms casually before <laughs> hanging out with the fam, but we were all standing around the kitchen table and playing this game. My mom is a therapist, and she came home with some sort of like, kind of like a team building game where yeah. we're like passing around this piece of string and make, be, making like an interconnected web uh-huh. and then I'm all on shrooms and there's <laughs> a web and we're passing around a string and uh, yeah I just decided to to uh, go hang out in my room by myself and instead I walked into the kitchen and passed out <laughs> <laughs> and then didn't you get up and then you went to your room and passed out yeah so <laughs> then I got up because I realized huh this isn't this isn't looking so cool right now. <laughs> Tried to walk to my bedroom, passed out, tripped over a chair. Uh-huh. I was like, it's it's cool, parents. I was just smoking some weed. Don't worry about me. <laughs> just normal teenage stuff. Just normal teenage stuff, yeah. <laughs> so that wraps it up. You can find us online. At- Wait a second. What? You didn't do Zena's last oh, question. Oh. <laughs> Zena's last question is... Which one of your children is your favorite? Do you no? Which one of your children do you love do you the love most? Oh, do you love the most? <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, I had a, I well, I don't know. What was, we can cut it out if it's boring. <laughs> okay, I was gonna, I was gonna suggest in honor of Father's Day, we could just hear a little bit about dad what your expectations of being a father were and then what surprised you most about becoming Mm. a father Mm, that's an interesting question i never really thought about it you know just (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of happened Uh, no it's uh, i think you guys already know this but contrary to custom i was the one that asked mom to to get married and that's typically the custom (laughs) (laughs) but also i was the one who suggested we have a kid a kid Mm -hmm. or two or three (laughs) and you know well the thing was we both agreed when we first got together that we didn't want to get married and we didn't want to have kids so i was kind of the one that broke that that pact 
in both cases. But I had always liked kids in general. I always enjoyed being around them, and you know, I always liked playing with them and stuff. And so, I I I was pretty sure that it was going to be a good experience, but uh, it uh, it turned out to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> You have to be on their podcast. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a pretty common thing that you hear. It's the most, you know, the most satisfying part of my life is is uh, having you two kids. Mm. Th- three. Well, okay. <laughs> He's well, always doing that. Yeah. He always does that. I don't know why. Well, Zena came a little later. <laughs> right. She was more of an accident. <laughs> You guys discuss, we're thinking about having a third adult child that's 27. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find us online at DustyVCR.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheDustyVCR. And Dad, are are there things that you want to promote? Are there, should people find your Instagram or Snapchat? Uh, No, I'm not really active on any social media. (laughs) You're looking for new workers for your house? Should Should we tell people to contact you? Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, since my my last daughter just <laughs> abandoned me, left me to my own devices. If you're if you're a good contractor or, or painter or some somebody that works on a house in the Western Mass area, let's uh, contact Bob Lynch. He's got a house. Or or reach out to the Dusty VCR. The Dusty VCR crew. Crew. Yeah. Send us your best uh, muscle pics. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's and, how uh, we're, we're deciding. <laughs> we'll 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 put your uh, we'll advertise you on the podcast and uh, in exchange for uh, fixing up our dad's house. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right, that's all. Bye. 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 Bye.